Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to This One's a Doozy. I'm Kevin. And I'm Haley. And we talk about stories of mystery, true crime, and folklore of the unusual, unsettling, and oftentimes unsavory goings-on of our world today, yesterday, and long ago. It's true. And thank you guys for being patient with me and my illness. Yes. We are releasing a day late. But we're doing it. Just because of, of illness going around. Yeah. School year has started. Well, it started for me as... A crazy allergy moment. True, true. And then that triggered the asthma. True. Which triggered the sinuses. Yeah. And the bronchial troubles. Yeah. So, yeah. But I will, I'll say, when school kicks off, everybody understands because everybody gets sick. That's like, true. immediately. That's true. <laughs> Activities are back in full swing. It's just busy for everybody. And mm-hmm. then everybody has to stop being busy because they all get sick. Right, so, right. Well, and seasonally... This is historically like very consistent for me. Yeah. And so, but I do appreciate a bunch of people reached out either by text or directly on posts that we made on social media or even in social media messages, just like with well wishes when we posted about having to delay because I'd been sick. That's nice. All this week. So yeah, super nice. So we really, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, without any further ado, my love. In lieu of your sickness, or maybe due to your sickness, mm. what are you drinking? Due to my sickness, <laughs> I'm drinking that stash pear tea. Oh, yeah. So good. You like that stash stuff. Yeah, stash is really great. Not or sponsored, but so good. Very good. What about you? You made a whole concoction over there. I did. So I uh, I tossed in my little, little, little glass mason cup thing, uh, some zero sugar Dr. Pepper. Smart choices. I know. I know. Trying to keep the summer bod going. Yeah. That I did not do a very good job on this year. <laughs> uh, I threw some some of that in there with a little bit of whiskey and some amaretto. Is that going to so, make you like really sick? I don't think so. It would probably make me very sick. It would make you super sick. But <laughs> no, this it's good. I've had it before. It's not anything well, crazy. Well, I'm glad you like it. I like it. Yeah. Yay. It's an easy little drink for late at night recording. True. All right. My dear. You have uh, the story ready for us to go. Yes. Before before I start, this yeah. is our very last installment of Summer Shorts for the year. Oh, n- number 10. I think so. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive this is the 10th one. That's crazy. That's yeah. It's great. been really, really, really fun to still be able to put out content, even though we've been super busy. Mm-hmm. And next week, we'll have a little Patreon, like quarterly Patreon sample 
oh, sort of episode. Yeah. yeah, and then we'll be we'll be back the following Thursday with our regular full length mm-hmm. programming. So getting crazy. Getting crazy. So with all of that little housekeeping stuff aside, let's jump into our story. Let's do it. So West Central California is home to remarkable scenery. We're going to zoom into a particular feature found in the area, the Santa Lucia Mountain Range. The Santa Lucia Range stretches for nearly 150 miles in an area known as the Big Sur. The Big Sur is home to handfuls of the most beautiful natural sites, from stunning cliffs and coves along the shoreline to rolling hills and towering redwood forests, and the Santa Lucia Mountain Range, which runs along the coast from Carmel Bay up to San Luis Obispo and Monterey counties, and it forms a natural barrier between the ocean and the rest of the continental United States. Hmm. At any given point along the range, you're never more than 11 miles away from the ocean. It's tall, jagged granite peaks drop down directly into the sea at some points. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the cliffs can be upwards of like four and 5,000 feet. Yeah. Crazy. A gentle mist or fog commonly blankets the areas of the range as well. And even though it's strikingly beautiful, many people believe that it's home to a mysterious creature, always watching just out of sight, always in your periphery. This is the story of the Dark Watchers. Hang on, Kev. This one's a doozy. Nice. So I'll say I love, I love that part of the country. Mm -hmm. Um, I have said this probably in episodes in the past. I know I've told you this uh, a lot in the past. There's a a highway. I think it's, if I remember right, I think it's just called Highway 1 Mm -hmm. that shoots up the coast of California, like the entire thing. Yeah. And you get to see some of those um right those yeah you'll pass right jump, through this area yeah they jump right into the ocean it's really cool there's parts i remember um going into san luis obispo that you kind of go up and over yeah <laughs> all those it's really cool so uh, i actually have a great visualization of all this this if, is one of my favorite if favorites. any of our listeners do not have a great visual there are people who will record driving along that highway mm-hmm. and then they'll record like their hikes and stuff like that and they'll put the videos on youtube Go watch for like even five minutes. It's really beautiful if you've never seen it. Yes. So, okay. I feel like I laid out an okay description of the location where the Dark Watchers are said to lurk. But I think it's important to keep in mind that some parts of the Santa Lucia range are simply too steep or too jagged for anyone to climb, especially without gear. And so the fact Mm. that many of the alleged sightings of these beings are on particularly unclimbable peaks for the average person. Mm. It's just like kind of keep Keep that thought in mind as we're talking. Okay. So what are the Dark Watchers? According to various sightings, which I'll definitely be getting into, the Dark Watchers are featureless, extremely tall silhouettes of humans or humanoid creatures. Standing upwards of 10 feet in height, sometimes taller, depending on the account, these beings are generally described as shadowy, uh, clad in capes, and sometimes donning wide-brimmed hats. Hmm. Other shadow figures are usually described as darker than night. And this is also consistent with the dark watchers. Mm, So generally speaking, almost across the board, they don't move at all. Like they stand completely motionless, staring at passersby from behind a tree or from atop a steep mountaintop, etc. Yeah. They're typically seen in the late afternoon or right around twilight. And if you're brave or perhaps foolish enough to attempt to approach one of these shadowy forms, they'll disappear into the fog within an instant, never needing to even move an inch to do so. Mm. (laughs) So they just vanish immediately. Yeah. That's also said to happen when you stare at them for too long. 
according to some people. They'll hmm. just, if you look at them for too long, they'll just, whoop, just gone. Crazy. So they're sometimes also seen with a staff or a large stick in their hands and are sometimes hunched over at first glance and then will be seen standing full upright, shockingly tall as they loom and lurk in the distance. One of the scariest elements of the Dark Watchers is the consistent claim that a sighting of one is almost always preceded by the distinct, unnerving feeling of being watched. Yes. You know that feeling, right? Oh, yeah. You're like, someone is watching me. Yeah. And like, I know that somebody is looking at me right now. And you turn around and then you see your toddler in the yes. doorway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the sweet version of it. That's the cute version. <laughs> it feels ominous. I don't know. I'm the person that a kid comes into the room and gently whispers, mom. Yeah. And I just startle awake, like arms fla- <laughs> flailing and everything. Panic. Yeah, every time. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if you I do saw that. one of these. You do that when it's time to wake up any morning, though. I know that's if, true. <laughs> if I come get you at a nice, mm-hmm. gentle nine o'clock and mm-hmm. gently tap you, you <gasps> you're ready to fight. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a very, very sheepish person. Apparently, you're an aggressive wake up. Yes, that's for sure. Every time. <laughs> so, according to some versions of the legend, if you happen to spot one of these specters staring at you, you should look away because if you do look for too long you might vanish into the ether before you even have time to react. Oh, so, so that's you another... vanish with them. Mm-hmm. According to some versions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So sightings of the Dark Watchers date all the way back to the arrival of Spanish explorers in the 1700s. And though there are no written records from the Chumash indigenous peoples, legends of the Dark Watchers have also been passed down through oral tradition of the Chumash people for hundreds of years more. Wow. Along with the oral tradition of these people are the cave paintings discovered in a cave once used by the tribe. These paintings depict what appear to be average-sized human forms next to a much taller, like much, much taller humanoid form. And it almost looks like it's wearing a top hat or a brimmed hat. Weird. Oh my gosh. Many believe that this is an artistic depiction of the Dark Watchers or the Old Ones as they were sometimes referred to. Oh, that just gave me goosebumps. That is like so ominous. That's a way scarier name. The old ones. The old ones. Yeah. So there is some dispute about the validity of the claims that these creatures exist in the Chumash tradition. And some have speculated that the stories of the Dark Watchers were like popular in the area. And so somebody started a rumor, Mm -hmm. kind of basically like the Chumash people have also said this. Like they've never written it down, but they've been talking about it. Yeah. But that also can't be proven. Yeah. Not, so, so neither case has has a strong argument whether they have been around versus someone else made it up to pretend like they've all, always known. Yes, yeah. but the cave paintings would sway me to believe that whatever it was that they were depicting does sound pretty similar. Sure, yeah. So when Spanish explorers arrived in the area in the 1700s and made it to the Santa Lucia mountain range, the mountains were too tall for them to travel through. And so they would have to travel either north or south along the range Mm -hmm. until they found an area they could travel through to cross the mountains. During their travels, they came across what they referred to as, I apologize in advance for butchering this, Los Vigilantes Oscuros. Or the Dark Watchers, as it literally translates. And they described them the same way as everyone else. Crazy. Tall shadow people in cloaks and hats who would stare at them as they made their way along the mountains. Hmm. And then later on, when white settlers came as well, they also reported seeing these shadowy figures. Wow. So these are all, yeah, these are all separate accounts from separate groups with not, not that they're totally unconnected from one another, especially as 
you know, European settlers essentially. Sure. But at the same time, like they wouldn't have a great reason to be in cahoots about it. Like not necessarily. No. I mean, it's possible that there was a warning that like something, some unknown people group is watching us. Mm -hmm. They're really tall and look like they're made out of shadows. Yeah. Like some kind of correspondence being sent wouldn't be out of the question. Yeah. I suppose, but cahoots, probably not. Right. I'd be more inclined to believe one of them tried to disprove the other over time. And that does not sound like that happened at all. Mm -hmm. So crazy. Is very interesting. Mm. So one thing that is relatively unique to these figures is the types of people who have allegedly seen them. So a lot of the times in like stories like this that start out like this, there's a famous story of a haunted house or a creepy abandoned hospital or of a cryptid or UFO. And then paranormal enthusiasts flock to these places in order to hopefully catch a glimpse for themselves, much to the annoyance of the locals. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case here. Not only have they been seen by out-of-towners, but they've been seen by locals almost more so. So from true believers to skeptics of the strange, spiritual, or paranormal, the Dark Watchers indiscriminately appear to people of all kinds and from all places, so much so that they've been written about by authors and poets, even. Wow. Isn't that super fascinating? Yeah. that's. It's strange to think like it's so pervasive in the culture mm-hmm. that it covers this whole wide gamut of historic experiences, artistic um, just kind of uh, uh, artistic expression mm-hmm. um, and lore, all, all these things kind of all play together. It's very, but n- there's not like one master puppeteer above all of it. It's, <laughs> it's right. or one certain group of people that are puppeteering all of these things. It's people with no reason to uh, talk about this same thing the same way. Right. And yeah, that's crazy. It is super fascinating. So long before writing American classics such as The Grapes of Wrath and Of Mice and Men, John Steinbeck's mother had claimed to have seen the mysterious, like her own mysterious version of The Dark Watchers. Mm. John Steinbeck. That's crazy. So John's mother, Olive Hamilton Steinbeck, was described as a dignified and pragmatic woman. She taught in schools throughout Big Sur, and as John's son, Thomas, would describe her, quote, if she couldn't see it, read it, hear, touch it, or taste it, it didn't exist, mm-hmm. end quote. So this <laughs> is not a lady who was like out and about looking for monsters in the mountains right. and would approach everything that she encountered or experienced with healthy skepticism. Yeah. According to Olive, she saw three-foot shadow people standing in the canyons and in the mouths of caverns as she traveled by horseback to and from school in the late 1800s. She was not <laughs> superstitious at all, but believed that it would be wise to leave whatever these beings were, little gifts, such as food. And then she would often find flowers where the food had been when she would make her journey back. Oh, Isn't that super weird? That is so weird. She does not, just from what I read about her, she does not strike me as somebody who would just make this up. Yeah. It's very interesting. So as a result of growing up and hearing this story, John would eventually even include the Dark Watchers in some of his writings. John Steinbeck has a collection of short stories called The Long Valley. And in one of the stories in the collection uh, named Flight is where he talks about them. Yeah. So in Flight, a teenage boy named Pepe is forced to flee into the Santa Lucia Mountains after committing murder. Just before he leaves, his mother offers him a warning. Quote, 
When thou comest to the high mountains, if thou seest any of the dark watching men, go not near them, nor try to speak to them. Quote. End quote. <laughs> Excuse me. Later on, Pepe does in fact run into the dark watchers. Quote, Pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead. Once on a barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he quickly looked away for it was one of the dark watchers. No one knew who the watchers were, nor where they lived, but it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business, end quote. Wow. So there is a documentation. Um, there are documentations, I should say, that span back. It sounds like just about 500 years of the kind of documentation that we would say, oh yeah, this is like pretty notable. Before that, obviously, there's cave drawings and all this other stuff we've talked about. But to have it be so present in... From the 1700s on, so like 300 plus years. Right. Well, in John Steinbeck, that's only, what, 50 years ago? Six, uh, 100 years ago? Not no, even. not that long ago. Not even. So is it sometime in the 19-something? Yeah, some somewhere in the late 1930s, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So within 100 years, mm-hmm. we still have people talking about it in a way that's very prevalent in the culture. Yeah. So this isn't just like- Especially out there. Yeah. To be fair, I will say that while I was looking for accounts Mm -hmm. and like people's people's citing stories, there were plenty of people in comment threads that would be like, I've lived here my whole life and I've never heard of this. But for every one of those, there were like three stories, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah. But to contrast it with maybe- um, like the Slender Man, which is very new, mm-hmm. and right. like has has that whole history. Definitely fiction. It just has such a breadth of time that right. it's been part of the conversation and still is basically right. It's super interesting. Yeah, it's super fascinating, and it's like it's interesting because it's it is very local. Like it's straight up California yeah. folklore. Yeah, but. There's also people who've never heard of them before that'll be like, hey, I was on vacation in California. We went hiking at this place, <laughs> saw these super weird things. Does anybody yeah. know what they are? You're like, I, there were plenty of, of comments like that that I saw too. Weird. Super crazy. Or I, uh-huh. I went camping there, never had been camping in the area, saw these things. Wow. Very strange. Yeah. So John's son, Thomas Steinbeck, also grew up hearing his grandmother Olive's stories about the Dark Watchers, and he too grew an interest in them and even went on to co-write a book called In Search of the Dark Watchers. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. A California poet named Robinson Jeffers also wrote about the Dark Watchers in the 1930s. 
One line he wrote in his poem, Such Counsels You Gave to Me. Uh, so this thing is crazy. It gives me goosebumps. Jeffers wrote, quote, he thought it might be one of the watchers who are often seen in this length of coast range. Forms that look human to human eyes, but certainly are not human. They come from behind ridges to watch, mm. end quote. <laughs> so thanks to writings like this and oral tradition from the Chumash and other longtime locals, the Dark Watchers have cemented themselves in the local folklore. But why are they there? Or like, what is their purpose? Yeah. So many people have speculated on this for years. One theory is that the Watchers are spiritual in nature. So some would say fallen angels. Some would say guardians of the land, mm, that sort okay. of stuff. Yeah. In various Native American traditions, including the Chumash, there is a separate realm often believed to be located in a world beneath ours where supernatural and spiritual beings exist with all kinds of purposes. So if we follow that line of thinking, could the Dark Watchers be some sort of spiritual being tasked to protect the land or maybe to keep people away? Hopefully being frightening enough to persuade even the most curious passerby to leave and not set up shop. Yeah. Because I don't think that I emphasized this, but this is a fairly untouched area. Like yeah. people live near it. Yeah. But it's not something that's been bulldozed smithereens and you know what I mean? Like yeah. commodified the way that we have much right. of the country. Yeah. And so a lot of people wonder if they're like ancient things that mm. want to keep it that way. <laughs> Yeah. So a lot of people argue for the Watchers being a spirit of some kind and believe that they have some unknown tie to the land. Others believe that their purpose might be more sinister. Given the high number of people who have been lost, whether they're found again or not, some people wonder if their job is to entice people to follow them. And once they have someone under their spell, they take them off to some unseen place. Ooh, that would be creepy. I just got goosebumps thinking about that. Very creepy. Yeah. And there's, I mean, you can't even... I, I don't have a number off the top of my head, but a lot of the stories that I've read when I'm looking at like bizarre, mysterious disappearances, mm -hmm. there are plenty in this area. Yeah. And it's vast. There's all kinds of different landscapes. Sure. It would be sure. easy for somebody to have an accident and their body to not be able to be seen from any mm -hmm. like um, stable vantage point or what have you. But yeah. I don't know. I think that that is very strange. Sure is. Still, others believe that there might be a more logical explanation. So there's a phenomenon called the Brocken Spectre, which is an optical illusion where the person who sees the specter is standing in such a way that their own shadow is essentially magnified and projected onto a cloud or onto like a mist or a fog. Hmm. So it's like when the sun is just behind you in such a way yeah. and the clouds are in just such a way, your shadow gets projected and looks like a huge thing. They're called glories. And when hmm. you look at pictures of them, it would be really easy to see how somebody could mistake, mistake that, that yeah. for a creature. Huh. It is they're they're very amazing to see. There's been lots lots of photos of them. Yeah. So look those up. That I'll probably share one on the Instagram actually. Yeah. That's a good idea. So and I do think that is a very real possibility, but many people think that this isn't the case, or at least not always the case, because of where the shadows are typically seen, perched on high mountain ridges and sometimes even partially obscured behind a tree, for example. And there have been plenty of people who were moving, whether in a car or on a bike or something like that, and still, the shadowy form remained completely motionless. <laughs> Others believe sightings of the Dark Watchers could be a result of infrasound, which we talked about a little bit on the Dietloff Pass episode. 
if you remember that. Oh, yes. Where it's basically like where wind moves in just such a way down a rocky mountain ridge that it generates a super low frequency. Yeah. That's like imperceptible to human ears. Yeah. But it affects the things that you see and experience. And Yes. So the idea behind this is that since infrasound occurs just below the range of human hearing, and it's been known to induce genuine feelings of paranoia, dread, and even physical effects, such as chills going up Mm -hmm. and down your spine or goosebumps, that maybe this is a result of perceiving infrasound. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be crazy. There's also another phenomenon that's much more common known as pareidolia, which is when your brain essentially sees something totally ordinary, like a shadow from a tree moving. Oh, yeah. Just like a branch swaying in the wind, projecting a shadow. Yeah. And your brain convinces you that you just saw a monster running through the woods. Yeah. That's like, yeah, seeing seeing something in the corner of your bedroom, thinking it's a man, but it's actually just a a random chair that you put your hat on or something. Right. Yeah. Like a Rorschach test is basically that process in action Mm -hmm. since our brains naturally seek patterns and known shapes. Yeah. So like this would also account for people seeing a dinosaur in the clouds Mm -hmm. or Jesus on a slice of toast, (laughs) (laughs) that kind of thing. Yeah. And so if you're going out there convinced or, or, you know, you have that feeling of being watched, you look and you see a creepy shadow. Yeah. But it's actually just a tree. It's just from an unmoving, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the theory. There's also the theory, I didn't write this down, but Basically, when you are hiking in super high altitudes, you can experience hypoxia, which causes hallucinations. Oh, yeah. And so maybe there's certain areas mm-hmm. that are more likely to induce that, Yeah, the, the hypoxia. So that is also a very commonly, at least suggested theory. Yeah. that's And those are fair things to point out. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily explain the consistency of the sightings, mm-hmm. but well, I'm Okay. The fact that they're always wearing a hat and like a cloak is very odd to me. That's odd to me too. And I should say, if there's something consistently um, happening about the setting, um, such as extremely low imperceptible rumbles Mm -hmm. underground, um, I guess you could say, well, yes, everybody that's around this part of this area might experience somewhat similar things. But like you say, there's a lot of specifics that everybody reports. Mm-hmm. So that's strange to me as well. Yeah. I feel like those different things probably do account for a, a decent portion mm-hmm. of sightings. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of logical sense. But I think that there's enough that it's like everybody's experiencing this exact same thing when they're seeing them all over the place. Mm-hmm in different areas, under different conditions, right? going 50 miles an hour in a car or completely stationary, and they look the exact same. Yeah, that's strange. That also doesn't account for the photos and the videos that I've seen, which also could be just really great hoaxes. Sure, but Uh, still horrifying. (laughs) But once again, does that account for all of the sightings? Does that rationally explain them all? Right. I like to try and- explain the ones that are in places that people can't get to. So, yeah. So let's work through a few of the reported sightings before we wrap up. Okay. Interestingly, the sightings that I was able to find are, like I said, remarkably similar and super consistent. On any blog post, Reddit thread, or comment section underneath any form of content revolving around the Dark Watchers, you'll find countless stories of travelers and locals who have a story of their own. And it's a little mind-blowing that so many people could have had this experience. 
So with that in mind, let's jump in. Okay. So the first account comes from a resident of Moreno Valley, California, who had this to say in 2011, quote, many, many years ago, I was with a friend driving through a dirt field here in Moreno Valley near Alessandro, Old East Part, near what I believe were old abandoned barns that I always heard were haunted when my friend's car suddenly broke down. Could have been coincidence. It was a beat up Volkswagen bug. (laughs) It was dusk at best, and there was no way we were going to make it out of the field before it was pitch black. And instead of chancing getting lost and or hurt in the dark, we decided to sleep in the car and set out in the morning to go get help to tow the car. It was way before the days of everyone having cell phones and quick help. Mm. As we were killing time in the pitch black now, we were hanging out inside and outside of the car killing time, sharing smokes, and we started to distinctly see what looked like black shadows, evenly distributed, completely encircling us. They did not move. They stayed motionless, but were significant sized based on the distance. I would say at least the size of a small car like the bug we ourselves were in. Whatever these were seemed hunched over, perhaps kneeling. Time passed, They never moved, and though we walked around the car and got in and out of the car to see if what we were seeing was some sort of optical illusion, we couldn't explain or discredit what we were seeing. To this day, it racks my brain. Wow. (laughs) Creepy. That is so creepy. Yeah, you're just like in a circle of hunched forms. Right. Hard no. And that, I mean, that also makes me think of like, weird alien abduction stories and things Ooh, like that. Don't. It's a little different. Jean jacket. Yes. <laughs> oh my. Keep going. Okay. Keep so going. here's another account from Elizabeth B from San Mateo, California. Quote, I remember one day my friend and I were coming back from Los Angeles. We passed the San Luis Obispo Reservoir. And as we drove on the road, I saw something at a distance down at the end of the mountain. It was a really big human figure, but it wasn't. It had a black cape, kind of like the Grim Reaper, and it was leaning over, holding onto a staff at a puddle of water, or so that is what it seemed at a distance. It was in the daytime, too, so I could identify it wasn't a person. Even in the mid-light, it was very black and reminded me of a raven. I told my friend that was driving to look over at the mountains, and surprisingly, she was able to get a glimpse of it. I asked her what she saw without giving her my details, and she said exactly what I saw. She only looked for about five seconds, but was able to see it. These dark watchers are real, end quote. (laughs) So here's another one from a man named Joey. I didn't find a last name. He wrote this in 2015. Time of day was 2 p.m. I was running and up in an area where no human could climb without gear. I saw a black figure in plain daylight. I never saw anything like it up in the mountain. Was darker than dark. Could not explain it. A year passed. And today, again, January 24th, I saw it again in the same spot, end quote. What? Oh, same time, same day? Mm-hmm. Crazy. So that could be the Brock Inspector. Yeah. You never know. Right, yeah, because because of the same time, same day. Exact it, same location. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, that could make sense. Yeah, but still. Still weird. creepy. Yeah, super creepy. So in the comment section of a video about the Dark Watchers created by Beyond Science, a commenter with the username uh, TOMB8835, I don't know if it's Tom B or Tomb. Sure, yeah. (laughs) So this user wrote, quote, one of these things appeared about three to four feet away from me when I was around 16. It was around noon, bright as can be. I was in Pomona, California. 
I was home alone and it was the most terrifying experience of my life, even though it just stood there. My heart felt like it stopped and I was frozen with fear. When I was finally able to move, I ran out of the room, barricaded the door, ran to my room and jumped out the window and ran three miles to my friend's house. Now that I'm seeing so many people talk about seeing these featureless shadow people, it's reassuring that I'm not just crazy. End quote. Oh my gosh. So what do you think? Are the dark watchers simply a trick of the mind or a known scientific phenomenon? Or are they actually real, watching and waiting silently in the Santa Lucia mountain range? And if you happen to see a shockingly tall figure out of the corner of your eye or a featureless shadow man in a cloak and hat staring at you as you pass, don't look too long. Mm-hmm. And that is what I have for you today. Ooh, creepy. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, that is so wild. I love these kinds of lore stories. These ones of beings that we don't know much about. Mm-hmm. Those are always fun for me. I totally enjoy that. And that is so creepy and crazy. I know, I love it. I love it too. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to the unusual, unsettling, and unsavory story today. If you haven't already, please make sure that you are subscribed on your favorite listening platform to this podcast and that you leave a glowing five-star review Mm. on that podcast platform. It helps other people who listen to podcasts like this to pop up in their algorithm and get recommendations, all that good stuff. Also, make sure that you are following us on social media. We are on Instagram and TikTok at This One Is A Doozy. And on Facebook, This One's A Doozy Podcast. You can also connect with us even more directly over on Patreon, my love. I'll show everybody a little bit about Patreon. Yes. So you can follow the link in our Instagram bio or in our Facebook About section, or you can go to patreon.com slash doozypod. And for $5 a month, you can support our show. Subscribers over on Patreon also get access to all of our content ad-free, along with two exclusive monthly bonus episodes. Awesome. Well, with that, we will see you next week for another doozy. Thank you. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.